So next Sunday, we're going to be shifting into the Christmas season. I wanted to say it that way because usually people are like, oh, it's that time already. And it's like you've already seen as soon as those Halloween decorations came down at Walmart, right? All of a sudden, it's like the night after all the Christmas stuff is up. And they're reminding us already that you only have 35 35 shopping days until Christmas, right? Well, over the last eight weeks, we've been in a preaching series called To Be or Not to Be the Church. Uh, We've had six main focuses that we've talked about different aspects of what it means to follow Jesus as his church, uh, while we've been stressing the importance of what it means for us as individuals to be part of a community, a local church that's doing life together and advancing the kingdom of God. I mean, you can see them on the screen. Uh, you'll know if you've been around here for the last number of weeks, it's been about worshiping together, sending together, giving together, serving together, connecting together, praying together, all things that we do as a church. And I'm not going to rehash and summarize all those things for you today. If you want to catch up, you can gladly go to our website. You can uh, download all the different sermons there or get our little gateway app. By the way, who has our gateway app? Many of you? Oh, good. number of you. Well, you can go to our website and just download the, the app that's right there. It'll take you to your Google Play Store. It'll take you to the, uh, the App Store. Uh, and you can listen to the sermons and all sorts of different fun things uh, right through the app. So you can find anything that you might have missed over the last two months. What we've been driving home underneath the various things that have been being taught is, what's your part Who did God create you to be and how do you fit into the body of Christ? You know, are you learning about it? Are you growing in it? And most importantly, are you doing it? I mean, the choice is yours, right? To be or not to be what you were created for. Uh, God stands ready to do what he said. And his power stands fully available and ready for you to live out your individual calling But in the same way, the choice is ours together to be or not to be the church, right? And do that calling together. Today, our last focus is on being loved together. Last week, Brian Creary from the Sanctuary House of Prayer was here to speak. Uh, If you didn't catch his message, catch it online. It's it's a great message. Uh, The Lord highlighted something to me in that message that's going to be our springboard today in God's Word, and it's going to help us finish off our series. Uh, So if you have your Bibles with you, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, and we're going to start in verse 14. But just put put a little thumb in that for a moment. Before we read that passage, there's something else written in the Scriptures which are going to help posture us this morning. And it's found in Paul's letters in 1 Corinthians. It says this in chapter 13, starting in the beginning. If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong. I'm a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and I understand all the mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to move mountains, but I have not love, I'm nothing. If I give away all I have and I deliver up my body to be burned, but I have not love, I gain nothing. In this passage, Paul continues after to define what true love is and how it's tangibly expressed throughout your and my daily living. 
is probably one of the most often quoted scriptures at a wedding. In fact, I guarantee you this, this weekend in Winnipeg, uh, something of, on along the lines of love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy or boast, that was, was spoken out over a couple getting married this weekend. Uh, it goes on for quite a few verses to define that, and it finishes by saying that the greatest of all the godly things we can express in life toward others and to God is love. If we don't have this, we have nothing. We're bankrupt. So love, how it's understood, how it's expressed and it's received, is really important to God. And it should be to you as well. Not only that, it's fundamental to our understanding of who God is. If you want to know true love in your life, you will only find it first through God himself. God is love. It originates from him. It's who he is. He's the source of true love, and he has extended that mind-blowing love through his son, Jesus Christ. In fact, the Bible talks about a mystery. There's a mystery that people didn't know about before, and the mystery of God that's been revealed to us now, today, in this present age, and to those who were in the early church, was for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. For God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. That's love. Through our salvation found in Jesus Christ, we can truly know and experience the love of God fully. Our salvation actually gives us access to the very throne room of God. You know, this understanding actually is what Paul continues with in our passage in Ephesians chapter 3 today. As he's writing and as he's praying for the church. I want to read verses 14 through 21. For this reason, church, Ephesians... I bow my knee before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant to you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, and the height, and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power, his power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. You know what Paul is saying here? Church, you need to realize the unfathomable love that has been extended to you by God through Jesus Christ. He's saying, I'm praying that God releases his power over you to realize and understand just how big that love is. This is really important, church. 
that it's, it's what you need to be anchored in. It's what you need to be rooted in. This is the place you actually need to live from. This is the deep well that you need to draw from. This is, this is the very source that you need to, to pull from when you feel like you have nothing left to give or when everything is going wrong around you. And by the way, Paul's saying, you'll never fully grasp this love. It will keep unfolding to you. Opening up over and over and over and over again over your entire lifetime. We can all experience God loving us in a general way, whether we know him personally or not. But the real depth of his love opens up to us when we realize how much we need him. When we realize that God loves me no matter what. Even though I'm broken, I'm weak, I don't measure up to so many different things. It comes when we realize that welcoming Jesus into our life and receiving his free gift of salvation will truly fill that hole that is deep inside of us that needs to be loved. It's here, it's that place that we become open and able to experience just the so much more of the enormity of God's never-ending and his eternal love for us. Who here has driven in the Rocky Mountains? Anybody ever done that trip? Great, so lots of you. I remember the very first time that I drove the Trans-Canada Highway through the mountains, and I was amazed at what I saw. It was fun to do this same drive a couple summers ago with our girls, with our family, and to see them experience this for the first time as well. I remember our youngest daughter, she expressed in this amazement and wonder as we were transitioning from Saskatchewan to Alberta. Right? Some of you know this. That all of a sudden, the rolling foothills start, and her eyes got bigger, and said, Daddy, are these the mountains? <laughs> like, in that moment, I laughed. I mean, I smiled just like you, because I knew something that she didn't. These were just the baby mountains. (laughs) These were the small foothills on the way to the main event. But for her, they were the biggest thing that she'd ever seen with her young eyes before. It was so much fun to watch her and to watch our girls as as we actually arrived in the heart of the Rocky Mountains to see these awesome, majestic things. As a father, I experienced... In some small way, what our Heavenly Father must feel like when we experience His love for the first time, and then a second, and then a third, and throughout our life. It's like, Daddy, are these the mountains? (laughs) And He smiles and He says, No, my son, you know, my daughter, you haven't even scratched the surface of my love yet. It goes deeper, it goes wider, it goes higher. That's been my experience. Just as I begin to think that I've seen it all or that I've experienced a huge amount of who God is, he amazes me still. You know, the car rounds the corner on the highway and another vista that I never saw before amazes me. It's constantly changing, this jaw-dropping vision of, of this mountainous region in front of me. Like God's love as well. Awesome, inspiring, but also intimate and close. Um, The revelation of what I thought I knew quickly evaporates. 
you know, as I'm just stunned by what I see and how much I just still don't comprehend. Have you ever had that experience before? This is what Paul was praying for the church and what Jesus wants us to understand today as he builds his church. Why is it so important to know God's love, to experience it and grow in our understanding of this love? Well, it's because it's the very foundation we build from. That's why I put a picture like that up there. It, it, it needs to be deep in the ground and solid. How we understand and experience God, how we experience his love actually shapes us. It's not only who we are, but how we actually express our love back to other people and how we express our love back to God. If we learn healthy ways of expressing love, we will do that with other people. If we learn unhealthy ways of expressing love, uh, we will do that as well. It will have an effect. If, if what we believe about love is a lie, well, we will pass that lie on to other people as we try to love them. If we believe what we believe about love is true and it comes from God, it too will have an effect on the people that we love. This is one of the scariest things that I, I experience as the father of five girls. How am I, as an earthly father, reflecting the love of my heavenly father to them? It's scary. You know, the love we receive from our parents shapes our feelings and our thoughts about how God loves us. It just does. It's the way it works. You know, internally we ask, well, if God's supposed to be my father, well, my father was an angry drunk and he beat me. Or my father was distant and he was never around. My father would only love me if I was successful. You know, my father never had time for me. You know, if that's how God is, he's the last thing that I want more of in my life. If that's what love is, I don't want it. As a father... I'm always thinking, especially after I screw up, Lord, help me to love my girls the way that you love me so that they see you for who you really are. That is my prayer. I don't want my life to be, and my witness to them to be, or act as a roadblock or a stumbling block to them reaching out to Jesus themselves and letting him love them. I know it's not all up to me, but I don't want to be a stumbling block. So I seek to show grace and mercy and compassion and love. I seek to show them that I'm, I'm near, I'm available, I'm interested in their lives. I want to cheer on their successes. I want to encourage them in their failures and help to lift them up in those. It's in those moments that I pray, it's a really good prayer, Lord, I need your help. <laughs> Maybe you've prayed that. Sometimes I need to go back to my daughters and I actually need to apologize for what I've modeled to them. It's not easy to do, but I need to do it. I get on my knees before the Lord who welcomes me and I too welcome and I resonate with what Paul is saying. Lord, help me understand your love. Help this light switch to go on in my life. Open my eyes to see so that I can grow in my capacity to love people and reflect your love to my family and the people that I encounter. 
In another sense, the same thing, what I've been talking about, applies to all those six things we've focused on the last number of weeks. Our understanding of God's love will shape how we worship, how we send, how we give, how we connect with people, how we serve people, how we pray together. I mean, do you see how important Paul's prayer is? That we be rooted and grounded in love? You know, granted, we're imperfect beings. None of us here is perfect. We're all works in progress. But we're imperfect beings seeking to do the will of God. How does my and your understanding, or our lack of understanding for that matter, contribute to other people around me growing or shrinking back from God's love themselves? If we just use our title slide, if we don't believe we're loved by God, why would we worship him except out of duty? You know, I really don't know God, but he's God, so I guess I need to worship him. How empty and meaningless is that? Or if, if we don't know we're loved by God and experience his love, why would I motivated, be motivated to go or to be sent somewhere or anywhere to tell people about him? Right? It's like trying to have a, a passionate discussion with somebody about your distant uncle that you only ever see at Christmas time. Right? It's, it doesn't, doesn't quite work. If we don't have a loving relationship back and forth with God, why would we be generous and give our time, our talents, and our treasure on his behalf? We're generous with things, with people and stories that grip our heart. (laughs) Another one of these is if if we don't feel loved or connected to God in a meaningful way, why would I want to connect with complete strangers in a building on a Sunday morning throughout the week? Why would I want to do that? But as his love grows in us, a love for other people grows in us as well. Especially, it values the local church as the place where that love can actually be expressed to one another uh, in ways that open our lives up to one another and we see how to connect and advance his kingdom together as the gospel goes out. Without God's love, serving other people changes, well, just serving people, period, changes into some philanthropic task that we do because we just ought to do it, right? It's what good citizens of a community do, right? We we feel good about ourselves, you know, by the end of our particular service instead of the higher purpose of actually glorifying the one who loves us through what it is that we're doing. And about prayer, if we struggle with feeling loved by God, why would we pray and have a conversation with him? Now, Brian Curry said last week, he said, a lot of people feel like God's mad at me already. So why, you know, why, would, I, why would I come and talk to him? You know, why would I want to come into the presence of somebody, uh, into the presence of somebody who is just, and who's just kind of staring at me until I get all my ducks in a row and everything right. Right? Why would you want to do that? Please don't feel condemned or don't mentally punish yourself at this moment this morning, especially if you feel like the area of being loved by God, by Jesus, it feels like a gaping hole in your life 
We are all on a healing journey. I want us to see what our primary need is. The way that we've actually been wired as human beings by God. We've been wired to love and to be loved. We've been wired to know love and to share love. It goes deep to the core of our very DNA. Our task as this church, as the church, our choice is to be or not to be. That choice is to passionately pursue Jesus and to know him so that we can be an accurate reflection or a more accurate reflection of the love of Jesus to the world around us as we share, as we tell them about what he's done for us. As we do that, it's then our responsibility to take the little that we have, the little that we understand, and then invest it in faith. And then to our amazement, God is faithful to watch over it, and he causes it to grow. In our world, um, the purity of how God meant his love to be expressed, it's been marred. It's been distorted. It's been changed by sin and has become meaningless and empty in some cases. But through God's son, Jesus, we see a picture of true love and it helps lead us back to the beginning, God's original intent and heart, the right starting point. Jesus said, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. That means if we look at Jesus and what he's shown us through the scriptures about love, how he expresses love to people and who we are, we will grow in our understanding of the awesome love that God, our Heavenly Father, has for us. You know, if any of what I've talked about this morning touches a chord in you, don't keep running away from God. Run towards him. Can I say that again? Don't run away from God. Run towards him. It's been one of our problems for thousands of years. They ate the fruit, right? God says, where are you guys? They went and hid. We've been doing that for thousands of years. Now run towards him, the one who saved us, the one who loves us, the one who actually welcomes us with open arms. Maybe you need to spend some time reading the Gospels again to remind yourself of how Jesus loved people. You know, even if you don't understand everything, the truth that Jesus loves me, this I know, right? For the Bible tells me so. The way to God is always an open doorway through Jesus Christ. And we are welcomed into God's presence with love and with joy, much rejoicing. See, the devil, he'll work overtime. He works overtime to convince us that God doesn't really love us. And he'll work just as intensely to smash your identity in Christ, who you really need to believe that you are, your inheritance as part of becoming a torchbearer, a, a, an ambassador of Christ, a child of God. He'll work overtime to try and smash that identity to bits. 
And if you are in a place where you are feeling more isolated and alone in your life, it's by design. The enemy knows that the closer you get to God, the more of a threat you will become. The enemy knows that the more time you spend connected to other believers who will encourage and love you, it will be harder to separate you from the herd and pick you off. That's what he does. Sorry to get real. Don't stay isolated. Pursue relationship. No matter how hard it seems to get up some days. Pursue relationship. You individually have a calling on your life to complete with God's help. As a church, we together have a calling to accomplish together in our city something with God's help. And he has been expanding that in this last year and, and increasing the, the pace of that like I haven't seen in the 10 years that I've had the privilege of being able to, to lead here at South Osborne. As we receive and understand God's love for us, it transforms our motivations and our desires. God's word tells us to love him above all things, to love one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, and to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. So if there is one choice that I would ask you to make today, after all the eight weeks that we have been in, it's this, and it's why I haven't had a whole bunch of points on the PowerPoint this morning. Not what, but when will you take the next step? When? What, Aaron? No five-step plan to being loved? You know, no call to serving or getting involved in church ministry or no big drive to get more volunteers so that we can do more as a church and be the church? Nope. There's a time and place to encourage that kind of participation in those ways. And we've done that over the years. I want to thank you for those of you who invest on a regular basis in this place. You've been doing it for years. We try to honor that uh, when we see it. I mean, we just did it this morning in a sense. Um, I want to thank you for stepping out in faith over many years and continuing to do so. But that's not even what I'm getting at. Whether you feel like you understand what it means to be loved by God or not, whether you whether or not you feel like you've found your place in the body of Christ or not, and you feel like you've been fitting exactly where God wants you to be, I want you to decide to be or not to be. What will it take? When will I take the next step on my journey with Jesus? Whatever that is. Whatever it is. It could be this far. It could be this far. I don't know. Whether you, well, I should say it this way. I realize some of you here, you're new with walking with Jesus and finding your way. That's totally okay. What I'm challenging us with is when you've been given something by God to do, to say, to be, to respond to, to change, to, to grow, maybe start a ministry or go to Morocco or whatever it is, when will you do it? When will you take the next step towards it? That's the way we're meant to live a life, to live our lives before an awesome God. 
who loves us. And when he speaks to us and says, go, heaven is behind you to accomplish that go. It's not just you. If you don't quite know what the next step is supposed to be, ask the Lord for a plan. But no excuses. (laughs) As much as he loves you, he also wants your action and your response to what he said. Your obedience to his word is more important than how you feel at any given moment. I'm too busy. I have no time for that. I can't. I'm scared of what might happen. I'll do it when I know more. I'll pray about it and get back to you. And our famous last words, I'll do it tomorrow. If I can release and encourage something that I've been feeling prophetically for quite some time, the Lord shared it through a simple teaching that I listened to um, on grief a little while ago. When we're not moving, when we're stalled, when we feel stuck, the way out with Jesus is this. Just do the next right thing. Just do the next right thing. It's obviously easier to do when we feel secure in God's love. But we can always ask Jesus for help to follow him and to do the next right thing that he wants us to do. That might might mean making a choice from moment to moment, especially if you're going through grief. It's hard. Everything's a burden. You're just weighed down by what you're going through. No, just do the next right thing. It might mean making the daily choice to do something or to be thankful. It might mean making the choice to give your life over completely to Jesus because you know that it's the right thing to do. You know, whatever you might be feeling, it might mean taking the first step to starting something brand new and then step and step and step and step and step. One of the reasons this picture has a bunch of people from different generations in it was because I didn't want this to just be one lone person stepping across the rocks. We have too much individualism in our society anyway. Remember, what Paul was preaching to us today is to the church, to us together, community. And we're all a part of taking these steps and encouraging and helping us with each one of these things. If each one of us does his or her part in drawing closer to God, learning and leaning into his love to be loved by them, and simply does the next right thing in front of them, we won't always get it right. That's, That's reality. But the church will be strengthened. And it will keep growing. And it will continue to become the church that Jesus Christ himself is building. Because as people are listening... And they're taking those steps. We will then be the church. I want to be part of that, and I know you do too. I think we are. (laughs) So whatever that is for you today, not what, but when will you take that next step? And the Lord stands ready 
to help each one of us here. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for the way that you love us. Lord, sometimes that that love feels fierce. Sometimes it feels overwhelming. Sometimes it feels intimate and close. Other times it feels totally supportive, like you've got us right in the center of your heart. Lord, I pray that for each person here, you would continue to open up, unfurl your love before them. That whatever is in the way, maybe things that they need to get disconnected from in their past, whether it's lies or different filters, different lenses that they see you through that need correcting and changing so that they see you for who you really are. Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would break those things off and your Holy Spirit would minister peace and love and healing to them today. Lord, I want to ask that by your spirit that you would strengthen us as a church. Lord, you have been unveiling your purposes to us. Lord, whether that's been family ministry, whether that's EAL stuff coming up, whether that is ministering to uh, the the foster care system, uh, Lord, whether that is, is meeting the people that are right out our front doors here on Rathgar Avenue. Lord, you have been unfolding that to us. Lord, help us to do the next right thing. Help us to follow. Lord, may we not be a people who say, I'll do it tomorrow, Lord, but that we would be a people who would say yes and do it today. Lord, for whatever those individual things are for people sitting here this morning to engage with you, whatever that when is, Lord, would you help them to settle that this morning before you, their awesome and mighty God that you would grant them grace to be able to respond and to be able to step out in faith and with encouragement, knowing that you are behind them, that as you've sent out your word, you will accomplish it. Help us to partner with you in that, Lord. Lord, we bless what you bless. We curse what you curse. And ask, Lord, that fruitfulness would grow amongst us as we seek to continue building with you the church that Jesus is building. We bless the name of Jesus. Amen.